Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Quiz Kids, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer and one-a-day brand vitamins. Is it true that a member of a royal family is holding a federal office in the United States? There you have the first question in this 371st Quiz Kids broadcast, which makes it something like question number 4,500 that our school kids have come up against. And here they are, the Quiz Kids. As you listeners probably realize, that was not Joe Kelly who gave out with question number one. Joe is vacationing in Wyoming. Replacing him today, we have two Roberts, whose combined ages of 30 and 7 do not quite equal Joe's quota, but they make up for it in poundage, believe me. <clears throat> Conducting school later on, you'll hear the 7-year-old 30-pound quiz kid, Bobby Burns, and right now, here is the quiz kid's announcer-turned-teacher, some 200 pounds of cheap quizzer himself, new father... Bob Murphy. <laughs> Thank you, Norman Barry, and hello, everybody. Yes, today it's a relay from Kelly to Murphy to Barry with our pint-sized baseball expert, Bobby Burns, uh, sitting here on the sidelines beside me, warming up for his inning. You know, uh, every week, I visit this classroom of the air with nothing on my mind except a simple commercial. Grinning to myself when the quiz kids pulled a fast one on Joe Kelly. Well, Joe, wherever you are out in Wyoming, I'll never smile again, believe me. <laughs> well, now, Bobby Burns, you stand by, will you, and help me out if I get into a spot, will you, son? Well, roll call is in order now, and this much I think I can manage. Joe? I'm Joel Kupperman. I'm 11 years old and 7 being of old school Chicago enough. Rennie? I'm Rennie Templeton. I'm 12 years old. I'm in eighth grade at the Kenwood School in Chicago. Uh, Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 11 years old and I'm in seventh grade at Lincoln School in Park Ridge, Illinois. And Stormy? I'm Stormy Berry. I'm 12 years old and a freshman at the South Shore High School in Chicago. And Virginia? I'm Virginia Rhodes. I'm 12 years old and I'm in the McCourt School in Western Springs, Illinois. And you know, kids, uh, what Norman said at the opening of the program, I almost have a family of quiz kids at home myself because Saturday morning at 1 o'clock, a third girl arrives. Does anybody know where I can get a couple of cut-rate weddings in about 20 years? <laughs> uh, 
Well, I almost forgot to tell you, too, kids, we have a special musical treat in store for you today. Quiz kid David Davis came back to Chicago for a solo appearance with the Grant Park Symphony Orchestra, and he's going to give us a sample of his violin playing later on. And let me tell you, I uh, caught David while he was practicing the other day, and it's something you kids certainly won't want to miss. Well, now then, uh, let's get back to that first question from C.L. Hansen of Round Lake, Illinois, who was worried about a report that a member of a royal family actually is holding an important federal office in our republic. Now, kids, is that report right or wrong? Uh, Joel? Uh, yes, it is right, uh, because the new Secretary of War is Kenneth Royal. And uh, you know anything about him, uh, uh, Joel? Well, he was under Secretary of War, I think. Uh -huh, and he just replaced... Robert uh, P. Patterson, the Secretary of War, about three weeks ago. And that's absolutely correct, Joel. <laughs> and presenting in that first question, C.L. Hansen of Round Lake, Illinois, gets a Zenith portable radio from the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Of course, if you children had mustard instead of the portable, he would have received the big $250 Zenith radio phonograph combination. Well, let's move on here, kids. You're doing fine up to this point. Uh, question number two. You uh, children like treasure hunts. So Lydia D. Saul of Seattle, Washington, gives you a treasure hunt in the Bible. To what Bible stories would you go if you were sent to find the following object? The first one is a silver cup. Lonnie? Story of Joseph. And, uh, well, where would you find it? Well, I'm not sure, but I think it belonged to Benjamin, one of Joseph's brothers. That's right. Uh, Joel? Well, uh, it really belonged to Joseph uh, when he became uh, the Pharaoh's number one uh, man. Uh, he naturally uh, had a sort of little household and had a silver cup, but he told his servant to put it in Benjamin's sack and then to call him back, so it really was Joseph. That a boy right on the nose, Joel. Here's the second one, uh, and thank you for an assist there, Lonnie. The second one is a ladder. Rennie? Well, that might be at least the story of uh, Jacob, where he saw the angels ascending and descending on the ladder. That's right. And the third one is a mustard seed. Uh, Lonnie? Well, that was in one of the parables. Mm -hmm. That uh, seed was uh, told about a mustard seed that was planted. When it was planted, it was very small, but when it, when it was full grown, it was a big tree that uh, the birds of the earth nested in. You really know the story, don't you, Lonnie? You're absolutely right in every respect, all three ways. Uh, here's one, kids. Uh, since thousands of stenographers throughout the country use typewriters day in and day out, Effie Robert Skilton of Watertown, Connecticut, wonders if you can think of three ways in which a stenographer is like her typewriter. Now, for example, you might say, she's just the right type. Hmm, that was mine. It's not very good, but she's just the right type. That's an example. Now, can you kids give me some others, uh, Lonnie? Well, she takes letters. She takes letters, yeah. Typewriter uh, has letters. Well, typewriter prints letters, yeah. Well, uh, anybody else have one here? Any other ways in which a stenographer is like her typewriter, Stormy? Well, she uh, may play the piano, and uh, that would be, she might have some keys also. Not only those on the piano, but she might have some door keys, so there are keys on a typewriter. Well, now we're getting down to it. Yeah, the keys on the typewriter. Virginia? Well, she gets along capitally with her boss. <laughs> Oh, she does. Wow. <laughs> I guess Virginia's heard about these secretaries, huh? Uh, Stormy, have you got another? She might wear a ribbon in her hair. That's a good one. Uh, Joel? When it came for reference toward a job, she had the right kind of letters. 
Uh, yeah, well, we had that in here a little while ago, but that's a different way of using it. Well, I think we got three of them there, all right, kids. Well, now then, uh, you take a rest here. Here's Norman Berry. And uh, while you quiz kids, uh, and coincidentally, your quiz master catches his long lost breath. And right. Bob, I might as well talk about the weather. Everybody else does. Of course, it's no news that summertime is really with us. If you folks couldn't tell by that old wrinkle-up thermometer this week, you could surely tell by the menu in your favorite restaurant. Instead of beef stew and sizzling steaks, they're featuring cold chicken salad, iced tea, and chilled watermelon. Hot weather makes a big change in our eating habits, and that's exactly why summertime is no time to neglect your Alka-Seltzer supply. Hot weather sometimes tempts you into unwise mixtures of cold foods and chilled drinks, and the result is that very unpleasant business known as acid indigestion. As most of you know, Alka-Seltzer offers prompt and effective relief for these summertime stomach upsets. Just try an Alka-Seltzer next time you're uncomfortable after eating. See how fast Alka-Seltzer can comfort your upset stomach. Alka-Seltzer is sold in all drugstores in two sizes, 30 cents and 60 cents. Better buy some more today in case your dinner brings dismay. All right, thank you, Norman. Uh, Miss Helen Dower of this city says that only two major league pitchers have turned in no-hit, no-run games this season, and that by coincidence, their names are very similar. Uh, who are they, uh, Lonnie? Don Black of the Indians and Blackwell of the Cincinnati Reds. All right, now, uh, you fellas over there appear to be the baseball fans. Do you happen to remember against what teams they picked their no-hit, no-run games, uh, Joe? Well, I think Blackwell's uh, game was against Boston, mm -hmm. and uh, Black's game was against uh, Philadelphia. That is absolutely right. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, here's one, uh, two out of three on this one, from uh, M.R. Holland of Mount Vernon, Ohio. He wants you to imagine you are newspaper reporters assigned to interview the following notable person. Now, the first one is Emmanuel Shinwell. Where would you go to find him? London, Dublin, or Cape Town? Joel? London. I think uh, he's uh, some sort of office uh in the British, officer in the British cabinet. I think it's of health. Well, you're right about him being an officer in the British government. Any of you kids know what job he holds over there? All right, here's the second one. You told us where to find him. Uh, where would you go to interview Melvin E. Thompson? Washington, Atlanta, or Detroit? Stormy? Atlanta, Georgia. He's the governor of Georgia. That's the fella, yeah, sure. He didn't get much publicity, though, as they were a little while ago, is it? <laughs> And uh, yeah, here's the third one, quiz kids. Uh, where would you find Serge Kuzovitsky? Moscow, Rome, or Boston? Lonnie? Boston. He's the conductor of the Boston Symphony Orchestra. That a boy. It sure is, Lonnie. <laughs> well, now, um, while we're in a musical mood here, kids, looking forward to that violin solo David Davis is going to play for us at the end of the program today, now let's try this question from Judy O'Day of Cornwall, New York. Uh, you'll get two out of three. The first uh, part of the question, who composed a piece of music as a birthday present for his wife and then named it after his son? Who composed a piece of music as a birthday present for his wife and named it after his son? Nobody uh, have any hints on this? Lonnie, do you want to try? Well, I don't know what the piece is, but I believe it was by Robert Truman because he, has, he had, uh, I think, the only wife that was really a musician. No, I, that may be. I don't have that here either, but he's not the guy I'm looking for right now, Lonnie. 
Uh, you give up? As Bobby Burns says, do you give? Well, I'll have to tell you who that is. We two out of three, so we still have none. It was Wagner who wrote the, his Siegfried Idol on his wife's birthday, and he named it for his son Siegfried. You remember now, Lonnie? Do you? Well, I'm afraid I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that. Well, all right. Uh, here's the second part of the question, kids. We've got to get these last two now. Who composed a piece of music for a party that was given on a river by a king? Lonnie? Well, that was Handel. He wrote water music for a water festival given for George the First. Where'd you get it, Lonnie? On the Thames River. Oh, right on the nose, right on the nose, Lonnie. Uh, Rennie, did you want to add something? Well, I was going to add that that wasn't the only reason he composed it, because he'd sort of fallen out of George's favor, and uh, when he composed that, uh, he was back again as the, uh, well, court composer, I guess he'd call oh, it. Oh, he just said, George, here's a little sweet I wrote for you. Is it all over now? Are we chums again, huh? <laughs> All right, here's the third part of the question, kids. Uh, who composed a piece of music for a radio program and had only one week in which to write it? Uh, Rennie? Lonnie Lundy. Ah, uh, kid. When did he do all this? Uh, he, well, he did it between the week before last and last week, and he had to do it on the boing, boing, boing. That's right, the NBC chimes. Uh, Lonnie, do you know something about this? Hmm? Well, I believe George Gershwin had to write Rhapsody in Blue. Uh, only had only a week to write Rhapsody in Blue. Oh, well, he was in a hurry, too, huh? <laughs> All right, that's well. Well, we got our two out of three on that, kid, so we didn't get a miss. Uh, here's another one now. In the absence of our chief quizzer, Joe Kelly, this is kind of a personal question, uh, now ending his vacation out in Cheyenne, Wyoming, reminds us that teacher, too, needs to get away from it all once in a while. Now, one of our listeners, Mrs. I.N. Clover of Akron, Ohio, wonders who you quiz kids think needs a vacation more, the pupil or the teacher. Stormy, what do you got to say about this? Well, I personally think the teacher, in our room, I think the teacher <laughs> Things are pretty tough in your room, huh? Yeah. Uh, Rennie? Well, I think it depends. I think that when you're in the lower elementary school, the teacher needs it. But I think that when you get higher up, it gets 50-50 and more and more. And then maybe it even maybe it even switches over so that when you're way up in college, I think that the, maybe the pupils need it a little more. Uh-huh. Um, Lonnie? Well, on the quiz kids, I think the uh, teachers, or that is, I think the pupils need it more from the teacher's standpoint because if the, te because if the quiz kids go, they don't get a $100 bond. If the teacher goes, he has nothing to lose. <laughs> Well, um, Lonnie, believe me, after today, I can use a few days' vacation. Uh, Virginia? Well, I think uh, teachers need it because uh, when the kids get out of school in the afternoon, they get to play baseball and things like that, but the teachers sometimes have to stay in correct paces and things like that. That's right. Their work is, their work is never done, is it? Uh, Joel? Well, I believe that the teachers should, but being prejudiced for the pupils, I'd say that both do. <laughs> <laughs> they both do. Well, all right, kids. Um, name three on this one. Here's, uh, here's something different from Nancy Hewitt of Hiawatha, Kansas. Uh, she wants you to name three verbs that contain only two letters each. Uh, ready? Well, for one, there is, uh, go, which is a, <laughs> a simple one. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
Say, I better call on somebody else. I... All right, Lonnie. Do. Do, that's a good one. Uh, we want three of them here now. Can anybody think of three verbs that contain only two letters each? Rennie? Is and am. Is and am, that's right. I'm running out of verbs here, so let's get off of that right now. <laughs> you got... That's three of them, and that's well, kids. Here's a quickie from uh, Eva Sutcliffe of Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, have we Americans lived longer under a king or a president? Joel? Well, the, uh, the uh, pilgrims, uh, well, the first colony was uh, settled. No, let me think. I'm just, let me think. Well, we've been under a president since 17... Uh, 89, mm -hmm. and uh, that's uh, a full uh, 100 and, hang on, let's see, 158 years. These and simple mathematics problems we've lived from 1607 to 1781, uh, which is 100 and, no, wait a minute, 100 and, uh, well, it's more anyhow, about 174 years, so it's uh, way longer, about a decade longer. Now, wait a minute. Now, who have been living under longer? I, uh, I know king. that you know, but would you explain it? Uh, the king, because we've been living 174 years under him, and under a president, we've only uh, been living 158 years, so that's a full 16 years longer. But if you uh, counted under, but if you counted under a uh, President of Congress as a president from 18, 1781 uh, to, uh, 17, uh, to 1789, then it would be only eight years difference. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what I have here, Joel. I have some information. Can I read it? It says we've lived longer. You're right. You're absolutely right. Under a king, 182 years, just like you said, from 1607 to 1789, and only under a president for 158 years. So you were around the nose there, Joel, and working real hard, too. <laughs> Well, right after this, uh, right after this next feature, I'm resigning my job here to a seven-year-old quiz kid, Bobby Burns, who will quickly prove that my brawn does not balance with his brain, believe me. Uh, first, my old radio chum, Norman Berry, a little jealous of my proficiency with the rhyming dictionary in past weeks, has uh, himself whipped up a few dactyls and pentameters, which he dedicates to all homemakers tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow is the subject of my poem, which is entitled, Blue Monday. <clears throat> Monday is often blue Monday for you. With the laundry and cleaning, there's so much to do. Sometimes the weekend has been just too much entertaining and cooking and eating and such. So you wake up on Monday all ready to fret with a headachey feeling and stomach upset. Well, here's a suggestion that's good common sense. Let friend Alka-Seltzer be your defense. Two tablets in water, that's all that it takes. Then drink down the sparkling solution it makes. Alka-Seltzer is pleasant, refreshing, and fast. If you're looking for comfort, you've found it at last. Now, don't be without Alka-Seltzer relief when Blue Monday morning is causing you grief. Remember our wise little radio rhyme. Be sure you have plenty on hand all the time. Whenever your tablets get way down to four, just stop at your drugstore and buy you some more. Now, I'm fresh out of rhyme, so my poem is done. 
So back to those quiz kids for learning and fun. All right, Norman, and now, friends, here is our baby chief quizzer himself, Bobby Burns. <laughs> and our uh, seven-year-old professor is all ready with the first question. Go ahead, Robert. Two out of three on this question. Mr. Holbrook's client of Silver Springs, Florida, has a meal order business and receives many orders from Canada. From what provinces did these orders come? Fredericton, N.B. Lenny, could, <clears throat> could you please repeat that last, that last part there? Was it N.B.? Yes. That'd be New Brunswick. That's right. <laughs> Dartmouth, N.S. Lonnie? Nova Scotia. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Freetown, P.E.I. Ronnie? Prince Edward Island. That's right. They're, they're pretty smart, aren't they, Bobby, huh? Okay. Watch out on this math and literature question from... Wait, I got wrong. <laughs> That's all right, Bobby. Just take your time. Watch out on this combination math and literature question from Miss Rosalind Sandfield of Memphis, Tennessee. If you had a party and invited the children of the Robinson family... The March family and the Darling family for dinner. How many places should you sit? Ronnie? Would you please repeat the question? <laughs> if you had a party and invited the children of the Robinson family, the March family, and the Darling family for dinner, how many places should you sit? Joe? Well, I think there's uh, three in the... One of those fam... Uh, could you uh, repeat the names of the families? Uh, I, I don't think I should. <laughs> well, well, wait. There's, there's three... I think there's uh, uh, three in the Dialing family and three in the Robinson family. No, I think three in the Dialing family and two in the Robinson family. And in the other family, I think there uh, was five, so that would make a total of ten. What about that, Bob? You're wrong. Sorry. <laughs> um, really? Well, the March family, I think there were two children, if I'm correct. I'm not sure. And the, uh, the Darling family, there were three. And I think that there were about five in the Robinson family. I'm not sure. There were quite a few, though. Does anybody else want to take a try? How about Lonnie? Well, is everyone in the family included? Or just the children or what? Just the children. Well, I think there were four children in the Robinson family. And the March family, I think there were three. And I think there were three in the Darling family. Oh, no, I'm afraid <laughs> not. Virginia? Well, that you'd set 11 places because there was four in the March family, four in the Robinson family, and three in the Darling family. You're still wrong a little bit. <laughs> Joel? I think there's four in the Darling family, so that makes it 12 places. Bob, do you want to tell them why, they're, uh, why Virginia was wrong? I'll tell you why you were wrong, Virginia, because uh, you had to set one place for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> So that would make 12. 
Well, I'm afraid that was too tough for them, Bobby, so Alka-Seltzer gives away a big $250 Zenith radio phonograph combination to our friend Miss Rosalind Sandfield of Memphis, Tennessee. All right, sir, give him another toughie there, Robert. Jerry Pilcher of Tucson, Arizona, says he bets that I have a pet question of my own I'd like to try on you kids, and I sure have. Here it is. Where could you lay out a baseball diamond in the United States and have each base in uh, a different state? Vinny. Well, I think that uh, it would be uh, up near... Um, well, any, anyway, it would be where uh, South Dakota, North Dakota, and um, I think it's Idaho. No. No, wait a minute. No, it isn't. It, it's Idaho... Montana, and um, I, I can't I can't think of the name of it. It's the state the state below um, the state below Montana. I think that's unique. Joe, well the state that below Montana is Wyoming, but that isn't it. The state uh, the uh, the states are Utah, uh, Arizona, New. New Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado. That's right. Well, my folks, with her, that old screw bell put the stop to the proceedings. And Robert, uh, Robert, allow me to congratulate you today for conducting school like a gentleman and a scholar. You did fine, Bob. Thank you, Mr. Murphy. Well, the questions are over, folks, but there's more coming. Uh, remember, I told you at the opening of the program that quiz kid David Davis is going to show us the kind of fiddling that won him a solo spot with the Grand Park Symphony Orchestra last night. And while the judges are making out the report cards and David is tuning up his violin, Norman Burry will tell you listeners how you can win some dandy radios. Send a question to the quiz kids addressed Quiz Kids Chicago. If we use your question on the air, you get a Zenith Transoceanic Portable Radio. If the children miss it, instead of the portable... The makers of Alka-Seltzer send you the big $250 Zenith radio phonograph combination. The cabinet model with two FM bands and Cobra tone arm. The address for questions again is Quiz Kids, Chicago. Bob, I think young David's ready with his violin. That he is, Norman. Folks, David Davis, who is just 14, seems well on his way toward a real career as a concert violinist. We were very proud of him last night when he appeared as guest soloist before 45,000 people with the Grand Park Symphony Orchestra. Now, David is studying in the East now, but he stayed over in Chicago an extra day when we invited him to visit his old Quiz Kids classroom. We also invited him to bring along his own accompanist, Mr. George Roth. So let's welcome Mr. Roth and David David. Uh, David, uh, will you tell us what you're going to play? A portion of the Scherzo Tarantella by Vignowski. Thank you. 
that was great stuff, David, my boy. Thanks for coming back to school today, and the best of luck to you. Well, Bob, I don't know how the judges managed to work all through that fine music, but they did. And here are the Quiz Kids report cards. Thank you, Norman. Uh, now, the judges say that today you Quiz Kids missed two questions. Uh, Lonnie was first, Joel was second, and Rennie was third. You are the winners who will liven up our classroom of the air next week when your own chief quizzer, bless him, Joe Kelly, will be back from his vacation. Now, of course, we always have five Quiz Kids in class, so filling one of the other desks, we'll have our old pal Pat Conlon, age nine, back... And as a reward for his excellent work as a substitute teacher today, I elect as the fifth quiz kid next week, seven-year-old Bobby Burns. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I have some more news about next week, too. You know, kids, uh, the circus is in town, the great big Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. And you know what? We have invited the most famous clown in the world to our schoolroom next week, none other than Emmett Kelly. This week, two Roberts. Next week, Bob, two Kelly. And now this is Bob Murphy dismissing the Quiz Kids class until the same time next week. Goodbye, kids. Good night, Mr. Murphy. Boy, am I hungry. What's for dinner, Aunt Mandy? I've got everything you like. I've got steak, mashed potatoes, peas, buttered rolls, pie, a la mode, and iced tea. Ain't that scrumptious? Sounds mighty good, but put that one-a-day vitamin bottle on the table. Yes, too often meals we like are short on vitamins. Lack of vitamins in your food causes you to feel tired and run down. But here's how you can be sure of your vitamins. Take one one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsule every day. Lack of vitamins can make you nervous and irritable. Take one one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsule every day. At your drugstore, look for the figure one on the blue package. Take one one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsule every day. Listen to Quiz Kids every week and to Alka-Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday on most of these NBC stations. This is Norman Barry speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.